0: Beer It Is is a CSPN Media podcast production. Please visit our website at cspn.us for more episodes of Beer It Is and for ways to keep our podcast free for you.
1: Boys and girls, once again, it's the Wolf Woolborn. Shout out to the good folks at Amazon. We told you about them earlier in the opening of the show, but now we're here in St. Petersburg, literally right off downtown, right off the ocean and everything else, here at Green Bench Brewing with the brewmaster himself, the homie Chris. Chris, what's up, bro? Doing well, man. How are you? Man, I Welcome am. Welcome fam- to Florida. Thank you, man. <laughs> Fantastic, man. So let's start from the beginning, man. Yep. All right, you're a home brewer. Mm-hmm grinding what were you brewing on what was the first thing you brewed on uh,
2: well I, I mean I started like probably most people do uh, when they're getting into home brewing uh, I bought a pre-made extract kit from a local nice. home brewery shop and uh, it was an IPA and uh I brewed that on my stove in the kitchen on the stove uh, yeah. yeah and then uh, bottle conditioned everything and about a month later, I had I, some really nice uh, IPAs, and then uh, the still next, all extract. Those were extract. Uh, I, there was some grain to steep in, like some you know okay. some grains to steep in the in the the water before you. We added the extracts, and then after that, I think I did a, a pre-kit uh, brown ale. Nice. And then after that, uh, after I did those two, I was like, you know, I want to make my own beers. I want to write my own recipes. I want to go all grain. So then I built my own equipment and uh, built a mash tun and, you know, got a, got my turkey fryer out. Nice. Big pot and uh, wrote a recipe. My first recipe I ever wrote was an IPA recipe. And uh, to this day, that beer is called Green Bench IPA. Nice. Uh, and I won a statewide medal for that beer, the first beer I ever wrote and brewed. And then won subsequently a bunch afterwards in the Florida Circuit. And in wow. regionally in the southeast. And about six months into me brewing, I um, ended up... Um, Actually, Cigar City hired me. They brought me Cigar on. They, Cigar City. Yeah, I uh, I actually just went in a volunteer one day and had a really good conversation with Wayne, the brewmaster at the time. Wayne so, Wambles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he and I had a really good conversation. And, uh, a few months later, he was you know he kind of said, "Hey, man, are you looking for a job?" And I said, "Sure." So I hopped in and worked there for about uh, about a year. Nice. Um, and then ended up leaving there to work at actually a homebrew shop but they asked me to open a brewery for them so i opened mm-hmm. that one and then i was like yeah i want to open my own brewery yeah. So here we are
1: i got to know wayne when he was back in atlanta, atlanta before he got ago, down yeah you yeah, grinding yeah him and eric from yeah. wild heaven yeah. and a bunch of really cool guys and um recently wayne came back did a beer with wild heaven and did a beer with cool. uh, some of those guys and um it was an honor cool. a good friend of ours in the beer industry so yeah. seeing him and then hearing how like I think every state has an incubator. Sure. Yeah, you know? Cigar City's ours for sure. Right, and then I, It and impacted I, a lot of people in it, the beer scene here. Yeah, and Georgia, it was Sweetwater, and sure. it seemed like Cigar cities out here. So, what's it like going, like coming from Cigar City University? Now you're going and you help the family start their beer, brewery. Tell us about that process.
2: Um, well, so they, they had a homebrew shop. It was the same homebrew shop that I bought my kit from, so. Nice. It was a couple, uh, Brian and Kelly Finstermacher, and uh, they had a phenomenal homebrew shop. Nice. Um, and, yeah, they, they, they had dreams of, of sort of opening a small brewery in there. He, he was previously a brewmaster, too, and were actually, brewing-wise, from the Atlanta area as yeah. well. So he mm-hmm. was up there brewing beer and brew pubs and uh, came down to Florida uh, in the late 90s to actually become the brewmaster of Ebor um, uh,
1: City Brewing Company. Ibor City, wow, so going back, he, yeah. he
2: ran that, and then, uh, unfortunately, that... that company went under, and uh, he actually opened a wholesale company here in town called nice. Southern Brew. So he was supplying bulk grain uh, breweries in the southeast, mm-hmm. and then his company got bought out by Brewer Supply Group, right. so which is based out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he, with with uh, after that sale, um, actually, at the same time that he was running Southern Brew and Supply Group, Tampa Bay Brewing Company, which was an older uh, brew pub in the area in Ybor City. They actually—they're still around too. They're I mean, still yeah, around. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're actually doing great right now. They opened mm-hmm. a new production facility up in West Chase. Nice. And, uh, just rebranded a little bit. TBBC and yeah, they did like cans a partner out.
1: beer with um, the the Lightning or whatever. That's Big Storm. Big Storm. Yeah. Yeah. Big Storm does that. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so anyway, so yeah, uh, May Brewing Company had a homebrew shop, and it's called the Brew Shack. And actually, when brew I was Shack. in middle like school, it. my dad was a homebrewer, and he used wow. to take me there when I was a kid. And so uh, I remember just being around ingredients and smelling grains and hops and stuff. And so um, that, unfortunately, went under as well. And so all the local homebrewers were like, well, we're going to get our grain. So they started knocking on the door of Brian Fenstermarker's wholesale company saying, I know you got grain in there. Just split a bag for us. Mm-hmm. And so his wife, Kelly, said they were in, a, they were in like an industrial warehouse. Yeah. And she grabbed one of the units right next to them and opened up like a little pseudo homebrew shop just to satiate the homebrewers mm. until... As, as an interim uh, solution, because she figured somebody's going to open a homebrew shop. And then eventually it organically became her. Wow. And so she opened Southern Brew and Winemaking. And uh, then he sold the, the wholesale company. And then they bought a property in some of the heights, a uh, little bit south of where they were in Tampa.
1: Nice. And
2: um, that I, I joined the team right right after they bought that property to open a brewery in that. Wow. So wow. So we moved the shop, opened the brewery. And it was good. It was, and I taught brewing classes for two and a half years there.
1: Damn. So tell me about that grind, in the brewing classes, working with people like that, man? Um, it, it was fun. I, I learned a lot. Um, About yourself, too, probably, right? Oh, for
2: sure, yeah. <laughs> what I wanted and what I didn't want. Um, mm, mm. But I, I, I will say that, you know, and while I learned a lot from Cigar City and, and you know, I... It it would be easy to gloss over a lot that I learned there. Um, Just just the transition is sort of a bigger system and process. I I probably would say, and I still learn a lot from them and and Wayne specifically, but Mm -hmm. I I learned probably more um, about what I do right now from Brian Finstermacher than anyone else, the guy who was a brewmaster at Ebor Brewing Company, and and he hired me at Southern, and um, he he taught me a lot um, about what I do day-to-day currently. Mm. So... um, it, it was a learning experience, man. I learned a lot. Uh, teaching classes was cool because I had an opportunity to meet a lot of people, um, get a lot of people's opinions on different beers, mm. and on my beers specifically. Yeah. Uh, and I had the opportunity at a homebrew shop, because I was teaching these classes, to kind of go through virtually every ingredient that the you know CMG or Country Mall Group or BSG had that we had in the shop. All the different yeast varieties from White Yeast and wow. White Labs and such. Wow. I tried every single one of them. Wow. So I, I had a I had a pretty intimate knowledge of, of how they behaved and, mm. and how different um, different cultures of yeast behaved and, and, and different processes of brewing just from teaching classes. Because yeah, I was able to, in the same day, if I brewed three batches of beer... Sometimes we brew the exact same beer with three different yeast strands. Damn, okay. So I had a chance to, to, I had yeah. a chance just to experiment,
1: you know, and play and really around. Really play, yeah, to yeah. have some fun. I mean, and another place where we have fun and we play and we experiment is here on Beer It's on the CSPN Network. My name is Tobias Wilborn, sure. and I am here go. at Green Bench like Brewing with my man, go. Chris. <laughs> nice. You know what I'm saying? He's got the brewer's beard, <laughs> awesome. but he's also got a little different. He's got the locks, because he's a brother. And, you know, oh, yeah. one thing about this show is we cater it. Towards African American audience, particularly the Love ladies, that. man. Like Love that. you know, oh, African American women yes. are what we need. Right, and so here's the thing with this show, right? So we get about eight thousand downloads a week. Beautiful. Thirty five hundred of those downloads are African American women, man. Awesome. And awesome. I don't Beautiful. often get brothers but in the holla or talk to, you know, about what's going on with the beer scene. So how is it being African American, sure. being in this industry, man?
2: Uh <laughs> it, it's you know, my gut reaction is it's special. Uh, it's it's uh, it's inspiring. It is uh, it makes me proud. Um, mm. It's exciting. It is also, in the same turn, uh, somewhat discouraging that, right. that that it's even a conversation. Yeah. Know, that, that unfortunately it is a highlight. That unfortunately it is not as common as as uh, it should be. As as you know, but you know. It's not, I don't believe, a fault of the industry itself. It's a fault of systemic racism and segregation that has been a part of our society for years before craft beer was a thing. And Mm -hmm. so it just, it fell victim to being sort of birthed into it. The same way, the same way, you know, uh, you know... (laughs) Uh, being being birthed in the '60s as as an African American would have been difficult, and the '40s and so on. Right, it, right. You know, People were born into slavery. That that wasn't their fault. That wasn't the fault of anything. Mm-hmm. That was the fault of the environment they were born into. Same thing with Kraft Beard Kraft was born in an environment in which there there weren't a lot of. Right, you know, there weren't a lot of people of color in this industry, mm-hmm. and so and women for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, women of any, yeah, of any yeah, yeah, of any yeah. color, whether right. they're you know whether they're African American or, or uh, Indian or or uh, right. South South American or mm-hmm. where, wherever they're from, we we don't see many of, of them at all. They're minorities, right? And um, it's changing. It's again uh, at the same time, it is it's something I'm extremely proud of. Uh, it's something that I care very much about, and. Uh, and I love this industry, and I love the acceptance that this industry has with yeah. any of us. Um, the industry doesn't seem to care. Uh, society hey, cares Right? in the industry. Can
1: you drink, can, can yeah. you drink good beer, or can you make good beer? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, man, when I walked in this place, and I, I knew who you were. Sure. Thank you, you know what I'm saying? Just coming off, well, one, we are both in the Brothers of Craft Beer group, right. which, <laughs> you know, it's still kind of a thing, because... Yeah. You know, a lot of people really want to know, you know, but you got got a bunch of brothers from all over. And so I posted, hey, man, I'm going to St. Pete for about 35 hours for a convention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, you got to holler at the homie Chris. So, you know what I'm saying? So I I I already knew what you looked like and what you were going to be. But I kind of wanted to come in the brewery and just see what it was going to be like before they knew that I knew anything about beer. And I will tell you, man, you know, your bartenders and your staff, man, they respected it. Because sometimes you go places, they'd be like, oh, so uh, what kind of beer do you like? 45? you know.
2: Oh, that is low. Yo, don't like <laughs> well, damn. I can't even that. get Corona Heineken. I, I gotta be O forty five. Well, I appreciate that. Look, I mean like so smart looking. you know what I'm Yeah. <laughs> right. It's uh look, beer beer's universal. They they understand that. Um, yeah. and I, I'm I'm happy to hear that your experience here was was uh enjoyable and, and not offensive. But, yeah, you know? <laughs> at least not. offensive,
1: I mean, because you'd be surprised. I, I, well, you probably wouldn't, because you've done it. It's happened to me too. It's right, I'm a sure. Shame.
2: Yeah.
1: And then they're like, "No, nah, dude, like, I don't got no, I know beer. I probably grew better beer than you, but now I've gotten it. I've gotten the. I've
2: gotten the. There's no way you understand this.
1: Wow. Looks and
2: conversations. I'm sure because so. you
1: because you go to like CBC, well, craft brewers conference oh, yeah. and all these other things. And I, and what? I mean, how many black brewers are there that you come across? Um, a
2: very small handful, I mean, I would, pr- I could probably list it, at least, especially between my two hands, yeah. uh, could I count, um, the ones that I, I see the most, Kevin from Union, right. um, you know, I'll see Garrett Oliver of often, course. and a bunch of stuff, um, there, there are a few other, uh, Craig Smith down, down south in South Florida, he, Yeah. uh, you know, he's from one of the Philly guys, mm-hmm. uh, Hello, he's been Craig, yeah. for a little minute, and, um, so uh, there are a few
1: of us. Yeah, there's a, a yeah. couple of brothers are, are in our same group that are in Te- Texas, in Texas yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. like some guys in Alabama who are doing some cool things, but sure. outside of that it's still slow. And I, I say this is this is episode 66 of this show. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I've only you're the fifth black brewer. Wow. That, I've had on, you know that's what I'm crazy. saying? And, it's like, and I've, I've been all over the country doing this show. Yeah. I've been to 35 states awesome. and all the brewers in Georgia. But, like, I've had Garrett Oliver on, and I've had, you know, Kevin from Union, and you. <laughs> wow.
2: That is uh, yeah, that's I, crazy. It, that's and crazy. I,
1: obviously I want to do more, but just they're not. It's hard to find them. Yeah, yeah there, there aren't many. Uh,
2: yeah, I guess um, in the... In the in the face of statistics, is, is where it becomes somewhat. It's easy to become discouraged by those statistics, and I guess uh, we should always remain optimistic, hopeful, and and yeah. uh, and we need people like you who are um, who are giving everyone an opportunity to hear uh, that <laughs> there are black people here. that right. are interested, <laughs> that care, that yeah. are that 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 are excited and as enthusiastic. Uh, as anybody else and and that it that this this industry uh can breach all of those barriers and and it's bigger than that so um i i i will say now especially hearing all those stats uh thank you i I appreciate Thank you man i'm glad you you.
1: i'm glad we're able to work it out i came in last minute by the way for the audience but this man was like yo i'm gonna talk to this dude so I appreciate them taking the time to do this. And another place we can do this is each and every week. Go holler at our friends at bustedtees.com. We're going to tell you how to show them some love because we show love. They still got to get me a t-shirt. But when we come <laughs> back, we're going to get into the brew house here. Sure. He's going to tell us about the system, how it works, what they do with this St. Petersburg water, and everything else. Stick and stay. Beer it is. CSP CSPN real quick, let me tell you about the good folks at teas.com. that is where you can order all types of exciting and fun t-shirts to support this podcast and help keep it free so look man you can go on shop at bustedtees.com all you got to do is just go on cspn.us or cspn.us click on the keep our podcast free link click on the bustedtees banner then shop for your t-shirts when you do that they send us some bread what we do with the bread is we buy better equipment we for me i go to different breweries and we talk about what this game is so do that Buy your T-shirts, support us, show us some love, and we'll show you love. Busted Tees through CSPN.us. All right, boys and girls, once again, shout out to the good folks at BustedTees.com. Go holler at them. We told you how to get your shirts on a discount. But when you do that, it helps keep our podcast free. And when you keep the podcast free... And you do those things to support us so we can make money. When we make the money, we get to travel. And when we travel, we go to a place like St. Petersburg. And when we're in St. Petersburg, we holler at the brother Chris at the brewery as he lets the locks flow <laughs> when he's not brewing. And we're sitting out here chilling, man. So we, we talked about you know just some of the struggles just being a brother in this crazy industry, sure. right? The, the grind. But let's talk about the brewing. Yeah. Tell me about your brew house. Tell me about the system, man.
2: Yeah, we have a uh, 15-barrel system. Uh, It was built by JV Northwest out of Camby, Oregon. Nice. It uh, is currently a, it's basically a, we had it custom built, so it's it's a production-style system. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, when I tell people the capabilities, for example, that we have in our facility eventually, uh, it's somewhat staggering considering a 15-barrel system, but... I could easily do you know, thirty thousand barrels on the fifty wow. system because it's it's built modularly in a way mm. that we could we could do that with the amount of tanks we have. Currently when we first opened though we didn't need all that, so yeah. we, we had it set up so that it was just two vessels, and we can add vessels on as we okay. brew. How so
1: many vessels we got now? Currently, currently uh,
2: two, but we have a third one coming. Oh, like, nice. In a matter of a couple months. Okay, so there'll be three vessels coming up. we're uh, we're, do, we're doing four thousand barrels of beer like last year. That's what we did. Right. Um, just over four thousand, mm. and uh, this year we're going through an expansion, which again will add a module or a tank onto our uh, modular expansion on the t- on the brew house um that will Basically, get us to upwards about twelve thousand barrels of production here mm-hmm. annually. Um, so yeah, it's a two vessel system. Currently, a third vessel is coming in. The third vessel is actually going to be a, uh, a mash mixer. Nice. Uh, but it'll have the ability to double as a second kettle. So we'll it'll so have do steam some more on sours it. and some other. We could we could do sours on that on that guy. Where you know we'll have, we'll have two kettles. So we'll be able okay. to do some kettle souring and lock one up and be able to continue production. But it'll also allow us to do some step mashes, decoction, even up to turbid mashes. The way we're going to set mm. it up. So basically that will be a configuration of a mash mixer, uh, a louder ton, and then a, and then a kettle. Wow. Um, so we'll be able to either mash into the mash mixer, transfer to louder ton, ladder to the kettle, we'll pull there, knock out to the, to the fermenters, um, and then um, instead yeah. of waiting to that kettle gets unlocked, we'll be able to then immediately mash in, go to the louder ton, ladder back to the mash mixer, and use it as a second kettle. So very so efficient. We'll, very efficient. That's, that's how we build everything as efficiently as possible. Again, yeah. like I, you and I kind of talked about it earlier, you yeah. asked, uh, you know, you brew in seven days a week, and uh, one of the things I definitely learned working in other breweries, and, and, and especially you know some bigger ones, was uh, I, I don't want my staff to work the weekends. Mm. I don't want my staff to work night shift. I'm going to build the system as efficiently as possible to make sure they get home, to their kids, nice. be with their families and nice. wives, and and, and uh, spend the weekends hanging out at the beach, where it's what we do uh, here in Florida, and uh, you know enjoy life because I feel as if if they enjoy life as much as. I do. Then they're going to come and give the best effort they possibly can, and that's going to yeah. translate in our product and our
1: atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, you pay them well, you yeah. treat them right, yeah. exactly, and you allow them some opportunities, like you said, to enjoy life. So exactly. when they come in here, they're ready to grind because they know, and they're
2: excited is, about it. Yeah, you know, yeah,
1: I like it, man. I like it because that's philosophy. <laughs> that's what you got to do. All right, so talk about the brew system. Tell us about some of your cores, man. Sure. Uh, we have four main cores right now. Uh, the What do one, you call them cores, by the way? What's the...
2: We, we, we call them cores. Okay, because uh, everybody
1: says something different. I sure, sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Everyone's got different terms for everything. Yeah.
2: So we uh, so our main cores number one is Sunshine City. It's, nice. Uh, it makes up 45% of our total production. Um, it's kind of a new age. We call it Pacific Northwest style IPA. Um, I okay. actually wrote the recipe on a plane ride back from Portland. I was there like three times that year nice. doing collabs and... Uh, hanging out with some, some awesome brewers out there. But it's kind of a, a tropical, forward, low bitterness kind of IPA. I like it. Um, and then we have uh, postcard pills, which is what I'm drinking right now. I drink more of this than anything else. It's an American style pills, 4.7%, 35 IBUs. Um, we use all Mount Hood hops. Uh, we uh, There's a little bit of corn in the recipe. Oh, and I guess to go back on sunshine, it's triple dry hops. Uh, mm. I'm sorry, a double, uh, double dry hop with three pounds per barrel is what I meant to say. Um, With three pounds per barrel of Azaka, Citra, and Mosaic. You ain't playing.
1: It's heavy. It's it's a
2: very, very heavy dry hop for a core. And um, then the next beer is Green Bench IPA, which is the first recipe I ever wrote and brewed. Nice. Uh, We talked about that in the last segment.
1: Nice. Um,
2: That beer is kind of an homage to sort of the old school IPAs that really put craft beer, frankly, on the map in America. So, I mean, I'm talking about, like, Stone IPA and Blind Pig Mm -hmm. and these really, like, you Know uh, pronounced bitterness, but you know, malt backbone, Piney. resin, yeah. pine, mm-hmm. yeah, dank, those kind of mm-hmm. things. So, that one's all Simcoe Centennial, also double dry hop with three pounds a barrel. Nice, um, and then we have Happy Hermit, which is our pale ale. We it's it's more like a session IPA, it's kind of a clean, almost entirely galaxy hopped pale ale, okay, 4.9 percent, about right. 55 IBUs. Nice and a clean, dry beer,
1: real simple, real beer. easy to get. And those are the kind of beers that you can do entry level, but absolutely, you're complex and they yeah. have some thought to them, and you can exactly. sit back and you can really break down what's going on with these beers and why. Yep. And what I like is, okay, I had the test batch earlier. Yeah, testing, yeah. So, tell me about that one, man.
2: Um, so testing is a cool, um, it's kind of a, it's a joke. I have, a, I, have a, I have all these core beers, and and next to it are all these series of beers. Uh, so testing is kind of a series of double IPAs we're playing around with. To be honest with you, I'm uh, I'm debating uh, and playing around with potentially having a double IPA as a six pack core um, mm. to add to to our portfolio, but I'm looking for something with. Really, really soft, delicate bitterness. Nothing, nothing right. heavy. I want something extremely drinkable, just over Chip that eight percent mark. But yeah.
1: ship it slow. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. it'll
2: be. So far, they've all been about eight point two percent. They're sort of in that New England vein. Mm-hmm. So super cloudy, nice texture, very fruit forward and tropical. Um, so this guy is. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the hops in this one. So it's. It's this one's also double dry hopped. Uh, Amarillo. uh, Mandarina Bavaria, Galaxy. um, I believe there's Mosaic and Citra in this one as well. It's five hops in this guy. Nice. And uh, yeah, so we're we're. This is the third batch in the testing series. Um, The last one we did was really good too. Um, A lot of those big, you know. You got those uh, on cans now, right?
1: Sixteen ounce cans. Yes, we do. We we do
2: four pack, sixteen ounce cans in the tasting room. Virtually every week, we release a new can in the tasting room. Whether it be one of our plug and play series beers, which is 100% Pilsner malt IPA, where we swap out two different hops, uh, just American style, low low bitterness, but really showcasing the combination of two hop varietals. We're on level four right now. Okay. Um, and I got to uh, try to plug and play. Yeah, give give that a shot, man. Right. That one's Simcoe and Mosaic. This current one. Um, we've also got the Turbid series. We're on Turbid Seven. This is actually the first rebrew of the Turbid series, so mm-hmm. it's the second time we brewed Turbid 7 the first time it sold so fast I said let me give that another shot and then we have the testing which is uh, this is the third in the testing batch uh, and then we also have the, the the Florida IPA series the Flippa series so Flippa yeah okay. so Flippa is uh, we call it a, it's a style we invented um we, it's kind of a joke. We uh, we took all the all the trends in in beer and kind of shoved them together. So it's uh, hazy. It's sour and it's fruited. Oh, okay. yeah, and it's triple dry hops. And it's just like uh, so. When testing, for example, on a fifteen barrel batch, there's over a hundred pounds of hops mm. in a fifteen barrel batch, which is pretty heavy. Um, the Florida IPA is a very similar hop schedule, but it's a little bit more because it's triple dry hops. Jeez, um, you guys so spend yeah, a lot of money on hops, man. We use it. We spend a ton of money on hops. So are tasting room only releases four packs, sixteen ounces. Uh, but you know, it's it's exciting for us. It, I learn a lot from every time every time we brew. I'm one. sure you do. And uh, and it's exciting for the consumer to expect something new to kind of come in every week. Because, you know, look, we're, we're sitting right here in the beer garden. we got a pretty nice outdoor space in sunny yeah. Florida. And mm-hmm. uh, the weather's really nice right now. And so since people are already making this a weekly trip, yeah, we're going to try to give them something new and fun to hang out and enjoy the weather with every
1: every uh, week. I'll tell you another place you can enjoy the weather. You can enjoy the beer. Here on Beard, it's on the CSPN Network. My name is Bice Woolborn. The name of the marquee today is Green Bench Brewing at St. Petersburg. I met my man, Chris. So, Chris... All right. How would you meet these guys? How would you get here?
2: Uh, so uh, I was working at Southern Brewing and Winemaking.
1: Yeah. And I, you
2: know, after we opened that brewery, I ran that for a little while. It's like, man, you know what? I, I can, I can do that. I want to do this. I want to, I want to own my own brewery. Mm-hmm. I want to, um, you know, I, I want to be sort of my own boss and and do it the way I want to do it and have sort of control over how things are perceived and how things are uh, presented and mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, so. I wrote my own business plan I wrote <laughs> Three or four of them uh, Grinding Met a bunch of investors Had some, a couple failed attempts At opening a brewery mm-hmm. Finally I met uh, My two business partners now Nathan and Stephen there were two guys from St. Pete, and I'm from here essentially. I've been I was born in Memphis, yeah. uh, from Memphis, Tennessee. I've been there uh, since I was about ten. I moved here when I was about ten. Yeah, you grew up here. I grew up here. I yeah. went to high school here, middle school here, and all that. But mm-hmm. I still go back. My mom's is back home. Granddad, everybody's back home. Oh, nice. So
1: um, you get you some gusts when you go back. Oh, uh, all the time. And some of the, some of the other breweries up there. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I'm good friends with the guys up there. Uh, you know, High Cotton, Wiseacre, Nice Marcus May, uh, Ghost River. Um, I love what they're doing back
1: home. So uh, it's I, grown I, so much in the last like
2: three years. Yeah, and I'm I'm so grateful for to them for uh, for bringing something I think really special to my hometown. So right, I go there, I go back every year. So right. I'll be there in April. Um, so anyway, um, I met them. They were also looking to open a brewery. Nathan's background is finance. Steve's background is construction. My okay. background is beer. So the three of us kind of joined our business plans together.
1: Yeah, I like and
2: it. Uh, yeah, so the three of us are uh, the operating owners of Green
1: Bench Brewing Company. Nice man. So we opened nice. in September of two thousand and uh, thirteen. Wow. So I mean, you guys got a nice little. Getting ready to go on five years. Yeah, you're coming up. It's crazy. All right, so you're going to do an anniversary beer. Well, if it's so, uh, what do we got going on? Uh,
2: I'm not sure yet. To be honest with you, my, my hope, uh, instead of an anniversary beer, because we release beers every week, right? We'll probably have a new beer release that week.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, my hope is that what we do on our anniversary is we have our grand opening for our second tasting room. Nice. Which is uh, actually right next to us on the other side of the beer garden right here. Mm. So we're, we're, sta- we're sitting in the beer garden uh, under a cedar overhang. Uh, we have a 900-square-foot overhang. The entire beer garden is about six thousand square feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the taste rooms to our to your left, my right. Right uh, on your right, my left is another building. Uh, it's a four thousand square foot facility. We're going to turn that into a sour barrel house. Nice. Um, and so there'll be we have about a hundred barrels filled in the house right now. That's going to increase to about 700 over there, yeah. and we're gonna we have two fooders currently. We'll have about six over there. Nice, um, and we'll also put in a second taste room dedicated to sort of farmhouse wild sour beers. Oh, fun! And uh, like
1: Funkatorium. Yeah, same. Why well, did I, guess, of concept, I guess we yeah. can use that? Because sure. they're really no, crappy. Yeah, oh, they're I'm, fun. I'm, I'm being I'm, silly. Yeah, it's I'm,
2: all good. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually really good friends with Luke and Walt. No, I like those guys uh, there. a lot. Man. They're no, great no, great they're friends of mine, and you know they made the decision that was best for hey, me. Hey, man, look, they wouldn't got that money. They got that money. I'm not mad at Either. It is what it is uh, Actually uh, Not to plug something else But uh, I, uh, I wrote an article For Good Bear Hunting About that yeah. um, So I have a published article No no plug no, your stuff About man. that deal yeah. So if anybody's interested In how I feel about it I would look nice. that up uh, Anyway So we're going to open that My hope for our anniversary And fifth anniversary is sort of a grand opening for the new tasting
1: room and the like sour facility. Yeah, I like so. it. And by the way, guys, if I w- by the way if I wouldn't have known you were a radio guy, I would have known. <laughs> by the way, he's like he's you know, like when you call a football game, right? It's like they're moving yeah, left no, to right yep. on your radio dial. You they're you know wearing that. this color jersey Absolutely. with the green pants and the orange.
2: You know, you got to do that every every like you know four minutes, or so. right? You're yeah, because you, you got to remind people. Pe- and, and you got new people
1: tuning right, in. Yeah, right. I, I call
2: football games for
1: a few years. Yeah, so I was like, I, I was like, if I if you wouldn't have told me that all. Fair, yeah, I would have gone. Wait a minute, now nah, this guy's done some of this before because it's like you're the way you set the scene, sure. Like, people are listening, they're like, Wait a minute, I can picture this, I can <laughs> picture the palm trees, okay. I can hear the air blowing, <laughs> yeah. and smell the ocean, right? Nah, but this is fantastic, man. So, how'd you pick this space? Oh, man, that was we, uh, man, we lucked out. I'll tell you
2: what. Um, so when I grew up here in St. Pete, first of all, we're we're, we're in what's called the edge district of downtown, so technically, we're we're in downtown. We're on uh, the edge of it, yeah. Downtown ends uh, two seventy five, which is like, uh, which is our interstate. Mm-hmm. It's probably uh, five, six blocks uh, west of us. Okay, um, and that's once you get past that, you're no longer technically in downtown district. Right. So there was nothing down here when I was growing up. Even deep in downtown to our east, yeah. there was there was there wasn't much. Everything was boarded up. No small businesses, any of that stuff. And uh, you wouldn't come down here, frankly, unless you were. Looking to buy drugs or skate on stuff that one was hanging on. <laughs> uh, Maybe go to Rays game. Yeah, well, even and even back then I mean, when, when I was at, when I was in high school, the Rays were here and I can see the we can see the stadium right, right there, literally right there. Yeah. That's Tropicana Field, like two blocks from us, right? Um, and over we over
1: my over my left hand shoulder, over here your the left audience. shoulder, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, we actually make the official beer for the Rays, so Shout out. We, we've got 60 handles in there, four seam American Lager, very simple uh, American style lock, perfect for baseball. Oh, nice! Um, so anyway, uh, there wasn't much down here when when, when I was gro- growing up, and frankly, five years ago, right before we opened, well, six years ago, we were looking at the spot. Um, there also wasn't anything down here. This is yeah. all boarded up down here. So too. what what was this before? So before we directly before we moved in, this was owned by a guy who just used it for storage. Okay. I mean, uh, there was there were he had antique buses and cars. It was oh, like wow. it, it almost looked well, like this a, a big
1: place. It's yeah. a
2: six thousand square foot facility. Yeah. It looked like a junkyard on the inside. Oh. This wow. space that we're sitting in right now, the outside beer garden, there was a, a rickety chain link fence right where we're sitting. Uh, the grass was overgrown. Jesus. And there was just you know, and and there was no businesses that parking garage was here, that condo wasn't here, nothing, nothing was down here. Wow! Um, and so we took a gamble because, frankly, when we opened, everybody said nobody's going to come down there. You're too right. far down. We were downtown. scared, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and luckily, when, after we opened, in the last three, uh, three
1: to five years,
2: tons of businesses have opened around us. Nice,
1: and it's grown and it's developed Absolutely. and getting from there. Guys, we're gonna tell you what. Look. You're in here, right? So you have it as good beer. I mean, they got sours, they got smeads, they got IPAs, they have stouts, they have all types of beers. Yep. And you know what goes good with beer? Food. And if you're at home, right, take some of this home because you can take home some of that IP I told you about. You can come right here. You can go to a lot of these, the Publix's, yep. any of the fine beer stores around this area. And if you know, if you're near where Liberator distributes, like back in Atlanta where I do this from, you can find the beer. Shout out to Liberator. Shout out those to, guys them. Are, Shout out to Lee. Guys are the best. And all my crew over there. Those big ups to them. Yep. Lee and Jason. Right. Old school. Yeah. I'll tell you a good story about them off here. But um, <laughs> so if you're out there trying to get this beer, you get some. And you want to eat with something, right? But you don't feel like going out. Get you some Blue Apron. Sure. And when we come back, we we'll are gonna tell you how to use Blue Apron. Show them some love. And when you show them love, you show us love. So stick and stay. Here it is. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored in part by Blue Apron. Blue Apron delivers fresh ingredients, incredible recipes, weekly, right to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always ship free right to your home. And now, the listeners of the Veritas Podcast can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website, cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through CSPN.us. Do it today.
1: All right, folks, like I said, man, shout-out to the good folks at Blue Apron. They keep us busy. They keep us engaged. They keep the podcast free. They keep us full because you got to be full and you got to be right when it comes time to drink beer and you pair the beer. But right now, we're going to go from that, we're going to talk beer, drink beer, and my favorite segment of the show, our tasting segment, back here at Green Bench, My man, Chris, what a K. <laughs> Chris, he is rocking and rolling, and we're about to get into his first beer. So tell me what we got here, man. All right, so uh, this first beer, we got three here, we'll try
2: this first beer is called Sauvage Miel. This is the third beer in a series. Mm. The concept of Sauvage is every single beer in the series is essentially the exact same beer. Same uh, malt bill, same process, same yeast cultures, same IBUs, same um, uh, you know dry hop schedule, same bottle conditioning schedule – they are all one hundred percent Brettanomyces beers, so it's our, our home, our, our house-like Brett culture, which is a blend of several different Brettanomyces strains. Years ago, we started. Nice. Um, the 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 only difference between the two is. In every single batch, we pair thirty uh, percent of the fermentable sugars come from some other ingredient that we then pair with a single hop. Ooh. So we've done Sauvage Blanc, which was Chardonnay, Great Must, and Nelson and hops. We've done Sauvage Palm, which was uh, uh, which was a collab with Bee Nectar out of Michigan. Uh, and that, so was, yeah, that was Bee Nectar. Yep, that was fresh pressed Michigan apple cider and Amarillo. This one is Sauvage Miel. It is thirty percent uh, of the fermentable sugars come from Florida harvested orange blossom honey mm. uh, that we then pair with Mandarina Bavaria hops. We dry hop it after a fermentation with Britanomyces and stainless, and then we bottle condition it with uh, wild yeast. So it's super effervescent, like champagne. Super bright and golden. It's pretty, man. Thank you. Yeah, um, and it's, smells like honey and yeah. britanomyces and sort of I'm wild yeast stick my fermentation. I'm out when I drink
1: this. Yeah, man. it's, it's, it's I mean, very champagne-y. fancy. Yeah, it yeah. feels like you know, like you're sitting back and you're pontificating upon the life's problems of the day. Well, that's
2: good. That's good to hear. The, the, yeah. the concept of this beer was to make. In every single one of those batches, a beer that was unbelievably complex, yet at the same time equally as drinkable. Mm. So if you wanted to, you can just drink this beer and be like, man, that just tastes good, and you can drink it. Or you could break it down for all of its complex nuances, and you know we can sit here for mm-hmm. an hour talking about this beer alone. So that's, that's kind of the concept with Sauvage. I mean, the
1: subtleties and the nuance, I mean, it's fascinating beer, man. So what's ABV on it? Tell us all about that. So this beer
2: is 5.5%. Sessionable, very sessionable. It's uh, five, fifty five 55 IBUs. So um, again, on this one, it's orange blossom honey, which you got happens, a little bit of bite. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's it's, it's dry. It's got a soft bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very bone dry. So right. the bitterness is accentuated a little bit, but I mean, it's it's nothing like that's not a, that's not approachable. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a very balanced bitterness. Uh, it showcases our Brettanomyces culture, which is very clean yet still rustic and farmy and nice. and funky at the same time. So it has some like. You know, farmland nuance, but at the same time, it's extremely clean in its fermentation. Um, the 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 honey adds this nice like orange bouquet mm, um, mm. that we then paired with mandarin Bavaria, which I think that hop has this really cool like um, candied orange kind of character to me, um, which I'm really a huge fan of that of that hop, and I think it it comes through in this nose of like. Honey, we actually just won a medal here in, in the state, a statewide medal for this beer in the honey beer category. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it's a 100% Brett Farmhouse Ale. Uh, which So this so this is a good representation of what we do on the Brettanomyces side. Mm. We do wild sour stuff. So wild for me, when I say wild, I always mean Brettanomyces. Nice. It doesn't necessarily mean sour. Brett is just a yeast. It makes mm-hmm. things funky and sort of rustic. Uh, so this is one of our sort of more rustic but using a Florida This is a, a fun
1: beer, degree. man. And I love the label on this. I just come over Thank with you. This
2: my girlfriend did that. Actually, she did all three of these labels. Shout out to the girlfriend.
1: Yeah, Kristen. Kristen nice. Northam. She, uh, Craft
2: Brands. That's her, craftbrands.co. Dot, uh, dot she's, uh, she's, she's amazing.
1: Mmm. Tell you what else is amazing this beer. And you can find out about this beer and more like it on Beer It Is on the CSP Network. My name is Bicycle Warren. We are here at Greenbase with my man Chris rocking and rolling. We just tried the Savage. Me out, and I mean, look at it, it just looks yeah, it's pretty. It's got a bee
2: on there, it's got all the sort of sort of uh, honeysuckle characteristics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, from it's the like orange a tree blossoms. of life
1: type thing, that's what I'm getting here. I'm getting good vibes and good energy. So, man, shout out to you for doing this beer. And You can hear his keys at Jason and rattling as he gets out. <laughs> get ready to open something, bottle else. open, yes, yeah, get ready to pop another bottle, man.
2: So, this next one is called Sleeping Dragons. Nice, this is uh, the First, yeah, the first collaboration we did with Jester King. Don't wake Sleeping Dragon. Yeah, so Jester King's there. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, this is a, was our, our base Golden Sour, which was her name's Alice, mm-hmm. golden sour. Sour. Um, we fermented this in stainless with the same Brett strain as that Sauvage Miel, so it's mm. that cultured Brett. Mm-hmm. Then we put it in neutral wine barrels with Florida harvested dragon fruit, three varietals oh. red, pink, and white dragon fruit, uh, hundreds of pounds that we hand processed and put in the barrels. And then we pitched the Green Bench Mixed Culture of Bacteria and um, Souring Bacteria and and Yeast. And we actually pitched the Jester King Mixed Culture of Souring Bacteria and Yeast. So we'll give this a go.
1: You weren't playing around. A lot of time. Yeah, this one was in barrels for... Man, let me see if I remember. This is a real collaboration here, man.
2: Yeah, this was in. Uh, let's see here. I don't remember. 14 months or something like that. 15 wow, months? the nose on yeah, this months, is 14 months. 14 months,
1: and then naturally conditioned in the bottle. with Good bottles. lord, I feel like I might get about to get like like some of the old school sour fruity candy, right? Yeah, yeah. On the nose.
2: So, yeah, it's got this really cool, like, softly vegetal, but really, like, bright candy, almost mm-hmm. like sweet tart kind of aroma. Yeah. That's all from really the grapefruit, or the grapefruit, I'm sorry, the dragon fruit. There's no grapefruit in this one. Mm-hmm. From all the dragon fruit and, uh, you know, the sort of, like, uh, flesh of them gives you some of that vegetal note. Mm. And then it's got a really complex, sort of, you know, uh, lacto PDO profile. So, some sort of sharp acidities and organic acids uh, blended together.
1: Um, Really nice Brett character comes through still in the nose. And, and what style of beers is considered as? That's a golden sour. Golden sour.
2: So the base is a golden
1: sour. Wow. It's actually our base golden sour. Town wow. Else. And the crazy thing is like, oh, sours were the last style for me, for me to get into. Oh, I, right? I, I started yeah. with, see, you're not a stout guy, but I started with stouts, cool. porters, strong so, ales.
2: To be fair, I also started with stouts. And i loved them for se- for several, several years. I still enjoy them. Yeah. But I find that, like, I, I have I have difficulty drinking Imperial Stouts these days. Fair they're, enough. They're, they're almost like, I've gotten to the point where the, the characteristics in them slap me in the face. Like, they're so heavy-handed yeah, yeah, yeah. that I prefer almost, like, more nuanced beers. I can see that. So that's why I drink so much Pilsner now. You I know? can see that. I love a good Pils. Yeah.
1: And you guys make a great Pils. We'll Thank talk you. about that a little later. But this beer right here, man, this is fun.
2: It was cool, man. Um, so it's called Sleeping Dragon because the beer rested for 14 months in a barrel on dragon fruit for 14 months. Mm. Right? So it's Sleeping Dragon. Mm. Um, it's actually um, the the local dragon fruit comes from uh, the east coast of Florida. Okay. There's an island there called Merritt Island.
1: Yeah, Merritt no, Island. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Cocoa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah near Cocoa Beach. Yeah. And and the guy out there, he actually grows the three varietals of dragon fruit. He also has, like... like like over a dozen varieties of mango that he grows oh, nice. and a bunch of other fruits. So we actually got this from, I mean, it's part of our Florida agriculture, you know. That's um, big. Feel.
1: Yeah, we, we try to do that as much as possible. Right. So. Well, I mean, that's one of the cool things about Florida is that there's so much fruit here, so many things oh, yeah. you do. And it plays to, okay, sometimes you don't want a big heavy stout here when it's, when And sometimes you, know, you do, but yeah. <laughs>
2: when it's hot. It's hot,
1: man. It's hot. I, 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 I personally, I like to
2: drink things that are really dry. Mm-hmm. Um, I like acidity. To be to be completely honest oh. with you, my favorite profile though are probably more in the Sauvage Miel vein. Mm. I, I prefer dry, wild, and interesting, champagne bubbly. I think they work really well for our climate. I think they work yeah. really well on the beach.
1: I think they work really well. I feel outside. like I could drink this beer anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And that is phenomenal, man. So, shout out to you for doing that. And thank you for sharing it, man. That is really fun really smooth everything you say is in there is in there because i'm not just gonna be oh well it's a hint of this and that and it it's not overly heavy yeah but everything flows. so good on you try another one yes all right i think you'll well, be like if you're week. okay with it
2: i mean you know i'm we're totally down with this so this is our collab with american solera oh nice um tulsa so it's chase haley um mm-hmm. Old, a good friend of ours, uh, been a buddy for a while. We've been talking about Brenna Collab, and we finally did. Um, nice. So this is called The Obscure. This is um, an Appleton Estate rum
1: barrel-aged barley wine. Oh, boy. I saw it on the list earlier. Yeah. And I was like, okay, it's bottle only. I was like, wow. All right.
2: Yeah, so it's it's an English style barley wine. Uh, it was okay. aged for nearly twenty months in barrels. Um, yeah, so we almost feel this... guilty opening it, but nah. Uh but right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we're gonna do it. We'll be alright. Uh, we uh, so we brewed this beer in October of twenty fifteen. Yeah. So that's how old this guy is. It just was released a few months ago. So let's wow. see what we think. Yeah. All right. So um, my tasty notes on it, it's somewhat syrupy, we keep the carbonation somewhat low on it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Obscure is actually a reference to Thomas Hardy. right nice. uh, So Thomas Hardy's ale is a very classic barley wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was before I ever heard about the barley wine, before I was even in a beer, I was actually an English lit major in college. Okay. And one of my favorite authors I, I found that I had a kind of a passion for Victorian literature. And uh, one of my favorite authors was Thomas Hardy. Wow. Uh, and my favorite, bo- I've read everything from him, his books, his yeah. poetry. He's a fascinating guy. He's, yeah, a, if you go, yeah. he's an incredible dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, and my favorite novel from him is called Jude the Obscure. Okay. So in sort of homage to the barley wine that is Thomas Hardy and to one of my favorite authors, the obscure is the name of the beer. We also, so purse fermentation, we fermented in stainless with sort of, you know, um, uh, an American ale strain. Uh, We then also had propagated and sent to us a culture of the Thomas Hardy yeast. Mm. So we had the yeast from Thomas Hardy's ale sent to us. We started a propagation of it here in house during high krausen, meaning like in the height of fermentation. We actually, during fermentation of that specific strain, we put those in the barrels and then we filled those barrels with the fermented barley wine. And so it aged on the Thomas Hardy culture for 20 months before we packaged
1: it. So that's why... So anyway, uh, again... I, I almost lost else. consciousness for a second. Like Drinking it? this. It is amazing. Thanks, man. Like, seriously, this is one of the best three beers I've had in a very long time. Oh, thanks, man. Man, no, no. Thank so, you. I,
2: I, would, I would say this is a good representation of some of what we do. You have Sauvage Miel, which is, you know, again, champagne-y, bright, Britannomyces, Florida honey beautiful hop aroma, um, high dry hop regiment, but all brat, bottle conditioned. It, it,
1: it almost gives me a little bit of like, the mouthfeel gives me a little bit of ESB, because that biscuity kind of, mm-hmm. bready kind of mouthfeel. Sure. Mouth- I mean, it's, a, yeah. it's an English style barley wine. Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, it's a in full, in that sense,
2: yeah. ESB as well. Right, right. yeah, yeah exactly. exactly.
1: But I mean, it gives me that full mouthfeel. Yeah, it's but a, the, it's a thick, um, you know, really viscous barley wine. Yeah, barley I mean, I, oh, you were say syrupy, yeah, like you said. It's very syrupy. Yeah.
2: I, I get, you know, I get a lot of sort of tobacco, I get a lot of leather, I get a lot of raisin, date, fig, I get, like, uh, dark cherry. It feels like... Um,
1: yeah. Like some, like, nice baked good. Like, that you like, okay, Grandma really spent her time right, on Right, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But then she, like, this, that shit in, like, liquor, so... <laughs> Yeah, it's boozy. It's, it's over 10%. So. No, no, you, you can't play around with this. Yeah, You don't take this to the beach. No, no. You sit it, back. This isn't a beach beer. No, yeah, this is not. like, okay, you know what? On the one cold day in Florida. Right, yeah. You exactly. sit back by the fireplace and you crack this open. Yeah, if chair. you have a friend that has a fireplace in Florida, that'd be great. But, right. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe a little bonfire, whatever right. you do. Bonfire, we do that. Yeah, we do bonfire, you sit back and you take your time You swirl it around. Because yeah. you don't want to rust this. So you have these kind of beers that, from us, you
2: know, again, you mentioned the Sauvage Miel, which is that sort of brighter, champagne-y, Britannomy, c hoppy, um, Florida honey. You have the Obscure, which is, you know, um, a, a, a really sort of chewy, syrupy, um, uh, you know, dessert, barley wine. Uh, yeah! Really big rum barrel character. And then you have Sleeping Dragons, which is a, you know, nice, acidic, Florida fruit... Sour, barely sour. That took a lot of care and time. And I, I think, I think that these three, next to some of our IPAs and maybe even our pilsner, I, I would say like an IPA and a pilsner next to these, would really
1: quantify what I think my vision for this brewery is and what I like to produce. In summary, these guys ain't playing around, folks. <laughs> I mean, seriously, because you come in here, you can get a pilsner. Yeah, I mean, just play basketball. And, right. I mean, then. My hoop. Yeah, chains. What <laughs> I like for the rims. Chains for the. Chains. And then sometimes yeah. they have a tasting room back here for the guys. Oh yeah, yeah. a Little chats for the boys. Make sure boys and girls. Make sure the the workers get to try some cool stuff. Oh yeah. Test things out. So we're gonna take a quick pause for the cause. Perfect. When we come back, we're gonna talk about my favorite, my second favorite Ooh. segment, our six pack challenge. We're gonna surprise my man chris with this one All right we're gonna have some fun that's how we're gonna end the show stick and stay. here it is right back
0: wink wine club is a world of wine delivered right to your door from rosés to cabernets to torontes wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover ever try an orange wine wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your taste and delivered directly to your door wink delivers four bottles of wine to you each month with free shipping You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel at any time. And now, for the listeners of the Beer It Is podcast, you can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash W-I-N-C. Wink winds through CSPN. Do it today.
1: All right, boys and girls, once again we're back here. This is Vice Move on here on Beer it is on the CSPN network here at Green Bench in St. Petersburg, Florida. I mean, we're in the we're in the taste, no, nah, me, not in the in taste. We're in the brewery. We're, we're in the brew we're house in a production facility. Earlier we were outside, but as we were taping, people busy. kept wanting to sit down. They wanted this man's autograph. They were trying to take pictures and selfies with him, you know? I mean, that's how popular this guy is. They're like, "Oh, your beer is so great." You're, you know what I'm saying? They were rocking and rolling. They're ready to go. So I had to, like, get the man, bring them in so we can get a little bit of quiet as we sit next to these barrels. And they're yeah, stacked high. You
2: uh, know what I'm saying?
1: 314-16 on that one. It's, nice. a farm, it's
2: a sour farmhouse sale with apricots.
1: And, and see, the thing about it, you can see what each what oh, yeah. the barrel did, how it was used. I see you got some double-use barrels. So much barrel program, Yeah. Uh, well currently right now most of our barrels in house are
2: wine barrels but we also have some you know we have four roses bourbon barrels that we get pretty regularly we have some apple brandy barrels up here on top left near me Uh, we have obviously these rum barrels that were that otherwise held the obscure and other brands uh, that we have Um, generally we tend to to, to gravitate towards neutral oak because, you know, our, our palates gravitate towards some of the more acidic and sort of wild rustic beers, but mm-hmm. again, we do these sort of bigger beers as well um, that, that we're proud of, and we're extremely, we're yeah. extremely happy to make them, but uh, we have about 100 barrels or so filled in-house right nice. now. We have two fooders. There's one right behind you. That's a 25-hectoliter, and there's a, there's a 90-hectoliter on the other side, and we've had the 25-hectoliter since we opened. We're actually the first wow. brewery in the southeast of the entire country that ever owned a fooder. Wow. Um, and so, anyway... Uh, moving You're to the next one, we do a yeah. festival every year called Fooder for Thought,
1: Fooder for Thought, in which like we it.
2: highlight during our, Tampa Beer Week, right? During it's next Friday, yeah, next the 9th yeah. of March uh, this year, so yeah, the, usually the Friday evening, uh, right before Hoonapoo's Day, mm-hmm. every single year. We hold a festival. We shut the street down. We The tasting room and the beer garden and everything is all just for festival attendees. We do uh, a Q&A outside where uh, we invite our favorite friends and brewers nice. of uh, the best... I think fermentation forward beers, farmhouse wild mm. sour beers in the world. Mm. They come in and we do curated QAs and discussion panels with them. I love it. And we allow the crowd to ask many questions they want about their beers. Well. we have Troy Casey it. here this year, Chase Haley from American Solera, Jeff Stuffings from Jester King. We've had Almanac and, and Fauna Flora and, and many others in the past Yazoo, Brandon Jones. Anyway. Um, so right now, we have about 100 barrels filled in-house. I mentioned earlier, we're about to open our, our new facility, our sour facility, hopefully by our fifth anniversary in, in nice. September. Um, that will allow us capacity to go from about 100 to about seven to 800 wine barrels worth mm-hmm. of uh, sour capacity.
1: And summaries, these boys is grinding over here. We're trying. Now you're doing it. We're you're trying. not trying. You're <laughs> doing it. You're making badass beer. You're connecting with your community. And you're doing it. Thanks, man. All right, so let's get into this six pack. Yeah, yeah. What do you got? Hold uh, on. Here? What, all right, so, so, you so, you here? so let me explain the show. I don't even know what this is. Well, you don't know because we don't know, but we're going to yeah. tell you. All right, so what we do with this is six questions, six pack, obviously six pack oh, of beer. Oh, cool. Okay. And there's six questions, six off beer, but some beer. Cool. Fun. Sweet. Fun. I like this. So let's start. Yeah. If you can have a beer mm. with any four people, dead or alive, who are they? Wow, that are alive.
2: Okay, that's that's a good question. That's a really good question. Uh, well, I'm pretty good at this, guys. <laughs> number one, I mean, probably be President Barack Obama. Sloot. Um, I would adore to... I, actually, I was, I was literally thinking about that probably two weeks ago. I was like, man, I would love to have a beer with that gentleman. Yeah, I mean, he, he's a home brewer. Yeah.
1: You know, obviously first black president and yeah. everything else. And just a cool ass dude. Cool ass dude. Can dudes. shoot
2: hoop. I mean, can shoot. I would love to play. I got a hoop right here. Right. Would love to play basketball with him. I mean, I think I, about I, the stories he
1: would have. Right. I the would places he's been, people he's met. Yep. Yeah. I would love to chat
2: with him. Um, the next person, man, this is a really good question because I, I just have names flying through my head. And I'm trying to figure mm-hmm. out which one actually uh, I would settle on. Um, hmm. Oh, number two would. Number two would probably be, and I don't actually know how much beer he drinks or craft beer he drinks, but I would love to at least have. I'll drink any beverage with him. Uh, I would love to sit down and chat with Kendrick Lamar. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. Um, I have I have a lot of uh, respect for that individual and um, love his 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 art, and I love his I love his music. Um, uh, the next person. This one's going to be this going to be different. Um, okay. so we got to win. I would I would love to sit down with Sir Patrick Stewart. Ooh. And have a drink with him. I'm sure he has just a Plethora of information and stories. That I love it. I'm, right. I'm actually a really big Star Trek fan. Oh, I'm sure he, he huge Star Trek fan. So he's nice. Captain Picard from right. Next Generation. So I'd I love to, right. I'd love to sit down with him and and, and pick his brain about his theater uh, works yes. in uh, you know in Shakespeare and such. Um,
1: hmm. I'm sure he's drinking a few Boddingtons in his life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I am certain that right. man has had a had a few. Um, and then oh man, fourth one. So we got Obama, Kendrick, Patrick Stewart,
2: Patrick Stewart, and then um, man, this is a tough one. Um, this one's got to be good too. So that's that's always a tough one for me. Um, you know, you know what? I'm actually gonna go. I'm actually gonna go to the beer side. All right. And I'm gonna say that I would love to sit down and have a beer
1: with Mitch Steele. Ha! In Atlanta. You know what? I will tell you. I'd, I love just, to,
2: I'd love to have a beer with him.
1: I had him on the show recently. Really? Cool. Yeah. So when you go back and you listen, his episode will run like the week before yours. Oh, actually. no way. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, no pressure. That is funny. <laughs> no that pressure. That is funny. So very so much sure you have your shit together, right? Wow. But wow. yeah, um, so I sat in his brewery. First of all, we did like, we recorded three episodes because we talked for like three hours. Awesome. We did like one segment just on the book. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, just, we talked an hour just yep. on the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, off of here, I'll tell you some of his thoughts on New England style IPA. Oh, it's good. A, I'd love to hear some that. The, he's a fascinating dude.
2: Oh, I, I've, I I've mean, only ever scratched the surface via Google on, yeah. on a lot of his, and I've been a huge fan of, of his work and, and, and his philosophy for a
1: long time. No, he, and he's a really kind dude. Yeah. Um, we sat in his new brewery. We yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into that later. We can talk about Mitch Steele. Cool. And we can get off of that for a whole another time. So, yeah, he's really cool. I, I mean, I'm setting it up for you. Oh, that'd be great. Right. I, so anyway, so I love meet him. We'll, I figured
2: it was a matter of time that I'd probably meet him. But I, I Nah, know.
1: man, he's a really cool dude. So, anyway. All right. So, we got that. What are you serving these people? Ooh. Damn. You get... All right. Damn. Now, you said Mitch Steele. And I you mean, said Barack. All right. And you right, said right, Patrick all right, Stewart. All right. So, let's start at the top. Uh
2: Oh, let's go backwards. Let's go Mitch Steele. Mitch Steele first, if he came in here, um, <laughs> I'd probably serve him postcard pills. Oh. Now, while I understand his appreciation for cops and IPAs and all that stuff, I'm, I am, and I've never met him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've met several people that have met him and know yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that he and I, would probably appreciate Pilsner similarly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that he would dig that beer to start with, at least as right. a conversation beer. Mm-hmm. And then we can try we can, well, we'd can. we probably have a pint of pills, or at least this would be my my sort of dream to hang out with Mitch Steele, right? Nice. Uh, we'd, <laughs> we'd drink Pilsner and we'd taste a bunch of other beers. Fair enough. Right? So we'd taste a bunch of hoppy beers we'd discuss them, we'd break them down we'd, we'd have conversations about this and that, but we would drink mostly probably a Pilsner And or, or I have an alt beer on tap as well that I'm mm-hmm. pretty proud of. I think he'd like that. I, I, that. Frankly, to be honest with you, I'd almost rather drink his beers than, than, than
1: <laughs> You know, and you're gonna be mad at me. Um, I was at Cycle and I had the Rad Gas, which mm-hmm. is the Triple IPA he yeah. brought out, and I shared it with those guys. So the if heck? I would have known you were Mitch Steele guy, I would have brought that over here instead of the other beer. No I shared. Yeah. I'm a
2: big fan of this. I'm a big
1: fan of Mitch. So that's... yeah, but. Um, Anyway, that being said, all right. So we got Mitch. We got Mitch. So
2: Patrick Stewart would be the next one, right? He's our mm-hmm. he's my number four. Because to be honest with you, I almost threw LeBron James on this list. I'm gonna go and throw that out there. Okay. I almost. Said LeBron How about this? Well, at LeBron. Well, at LeBron. LeBron. LeBron is interesting. I I would probably I, with LeBron. I would probably drink something like Sauvage Miel because mm, he's um, a wine guy. You know, he's a yeah. wine guy, and mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a massive LeBron James fan. So yeah, it, it'd probably be. Something like that. like It'd probably be Sauvage Miel or Sleeping Dragon. Something nice. more acidic. Something more wine-focused mm-hmm. that, I, that I lean towards. And I, I'm a huge wine fan, so um, yeah. I wouldn't mind just drinking wine with LeBron.
1: Uh, and he drinks the good stuff, too. He drinks really good wines, right. obviously. Him, Cabello, Anthony. Carmelo yeah. and Wayne. Mm-hmm.
2: And he's got his yeah. whole group of... Chris Paul, all those Chris guys. Chris Paul, they, they all really hang good. out and drink great mm-hmm. wines. And I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge sports fan, so there's a right. lot of
1: people on that list I'd like to hang out with. But um, anyway, so Patrick Stewart... So I'm probably um, one of the few people you'll meet who do this, who've had dinner with LeBron and dinner with Mitch Steele. But, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm thoroughly jealous. <laughs> but you brew great beer, so it's all good. I
2: appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, Patrick Stewart. Um, I mean, I would I would have to hesitate to make some kind of uh, Star Trek joke on some Star Trek drinks, which I'm sure that he would be. He would roll his eyes and not want to joke about, because mm-hmm. he has to hang out at conventions with all these Trekkies that make right. these jokes anyway. Um, but I would, honestly, I would probably drink, um, I'd probably drink, like, alt beer with him, which is, like, our, one of our lagers right. that we make, or, like, stay dry stout, which is a dry stout we make. Okay. My, my assumption on him was that he would prefer some sort of traditional styles, mm-hmm. and I would love, because, I mean, he, he sort of exudes tradition Right, me. right,
1: the voice and the, the yeah. manner and the...
2: So, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would think something traditional with him. Even maybe something like Saison de Bonfaire, which is our like traditional French style saison. Nice. Um, something like that. Uh, anyway, I think anything he wants, I'd drink with him. And then, um, what do we have next? Barack uh, Obama? W- uh, was it him? I think I, I said, um, you said Kendrick little, Lamar. Kendrick, oh yeah Kendrick, him, right? yeah, Kendrick, yeah, Kendrick. Um, man, Kendrick. I would probably... I'm a huge gin drinker mm. so i would probably drink some gin with kendrick fair enough i would think that now beer wise i mean again i don't actually know how big of a beer drinker kendrick potentially is mm-hmm. um, but that's the point of this though if it's... he was interested in trying beers mm-hmm. right um what would come to mind is uh you know postcard pills would come to mind bench beer would come to mind nice. which is like yeah. our, like, sort of rustic blonde, food or fermented, easy mm-hmm. drinking Saison, honey sis on, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something easy. Although I think he would dig giving a shot at some like something like Sunshine City, something tropical yeah. hoppy. Right? I think he would dig trying something like Maybe that. Maybe
1: something danky, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: exactly. So my thought would be something pretty hoppy, mosaic forward, turbid seven or testing or sunshine. Well it
1: reminds like me that. of like when Killer Mike um and L P they yeah. did the beer with Creature. Absolutely. And they're like, Well, you know Adam and the guys at creature, okay, what do you want the beard to be like? You like want it to smell like Kush, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they're like, run the jewels, They're like, want Jules. that beard to smell like Kush, and that's what they did. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: it worked and to be fair. I think, I think Kendrick would dig something like that. I think he'd find that dope, you know. So, yeah. like, I want
1: to literally and figuratively, yeah. literally and <laughs> figuratively.
2: All right, um, and then uh, lastly, so we got Barack Obama, man, um my first thought would be and I, th- I probably I think I mentioned this this beer a minute ago Stay Dry Stout which is like mm-hmm. a traditional Irish Dry Stout we mm-hmm. produce mm-hmm. um I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm picking my beers but I'm assuming that's what you're yeah, of course of yeah. course uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, I can pick other shit too Yeah, but then that'd be mine anyway um, so if it's uh, I'm sorry can I say shit yeah, yeah you're fine uh, yeah, you're my bad um yeah, I would think that. You know, I, I always have in my mind this picture. I think it's, it's easy when you find it on Google of Barack Obama drinking sort of a dry stout or a dark mm-hmm. beer. And I think he likes dark beers, which I do too. Yeah. Um, so definitely more of like the lower alcohol drier stuff. Mm-hmm. But I love milk stouts and dry stouts specifically. Right. So I think something like that would be like I would sit down and have a pint of dry stout with.
1: Right. And just because like, I don't think I would want to get Barack drunk, I would just want to be able I want to, to listen to him on, yeah, night. me too. I want to know what he thinks about everything, everything, anything, everything. everything, whatever yep. it is. Yep, shout out to you, that was good. Yep. All right, so question three Who do you who have you met in beer that's impressed you? Wow, first of all, that list is
2: that list is, is uh. There's more than one person, so I'm, you didn't ask me for one person, right? So, well, just no in way. general, right? Yeah. Okay, so let me let me throw this out. My my two favorite breweries, the breweries that, and this, you know, I have I have a lot of breweries I'm huge fans of, mm-hmm. but uh, the two that that mean a a, a, a a lot to me that I think are are um, sort of beacons in in our industry. Um, I, I've mentioned before on this podcast is Jester King. That's one of yeah. them. Yeah. I'm a massive fan of Jester King. Uh, the, the word that comes to mind with them is sort of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something just truly authentic about them. There's there's no shroud. There's no... Right. There's there, there, there's nothing but what you get with them. Mm-hmm. And, man, do I respect that. Yeah. Um, I, I love those guys. I love Jeff. Jeff is, uh, has become probably probably my best personal friend in the industry wow. over the last few years. Wow. Um, Jeffrey Stuffings and... Oh, God Avery Swanson, their head brewer, and before that Garrett Crowell, and 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 it's the list goes on for that crew. I mean, so many people have come from that that place that that I'm, I respect greatly mm-hmm. and I, I, I admire them. Uh, the other brewery that that honestly I, I admire so much and and I, I I don't know as well, but I I just love them is Allagash Yeah, old school. Portland, Maine, man. Old I just school. I, I yeah. love that town. I love I love white. They're Allegash mm-hmm. white, you know, like. I love their That's a brewer's beer Isn't it That beer's so good Yeah That beer is so good And Mm -hmm. then uh, Especially when you get it fresh man. Especially when you get it fresh Mm -hmm. Man I just uh, You know uh, Perkins uh, Who's their, their brewmaster That dude is Incredible Um Uh I just I don't know I'm a huge fan of those guys. Speaking of Portland, the guys at Oxbow are doing incredible yes. things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I adore their beers. Uh, Side project Corey King's a, a good buddy and an incredible um, mind and palate. Um, he, he's he's pickier than most. Right, uh, right, yeah, he right. doesn't like hops very much, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, and he likes stouts more than I do. But yeah. I just, but man, I I, I I love his. I appreciate his his viewpoint. Uh, Walt at Wicked Weed, we mentioned him earlier. I know they're yeah. AB. That's fine, but hey, man, whatever. Walt is my boy. Um, I, I love his beers. I love his mindset on beers and his take on it. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Uh, Chad at Cricket Save has helped me a ton. Huge fan of his beers. Um, Crooked Save, another yeah, good uh, yeah. Ron Jeffries from Jolly Pumpkin. Um, man. Uh, uh, You've been around. Chase is my friend from, you know, American Solera, Prairie Mm -hmm. previously. I I love that guy. I love what he's doing. Um, I I know I'm missing a ton of people. You mentioned Wayne from... from, um, Wayne from Cigar City. Uh, If I had to pick a person that was probably... I would I would consider a true mentor in this industry. Mm-hmm. And he would be it. Yeah. Um, he means uh, he means the world to me.
1: That weird um, motherfucker.
2: man. <laughs> he's a he's a he's a strange
1: cat. I like him though. He's man. He's a
2: strange cat. Very
1: and strange. He, he
2: and I get along really well, and I understand his nuances. But we did a collaboration yeah. once, and I called it backpack because he always carries his backpack Yes. Right yes.
1: Guys. And we always <laughs> joke.
2: All our friends were always like, "Hey, what's his? What do you think is his backpack?" And we always joke about that. And so we called that your backpack.
1: Um, <laughs> he does always have the he backpack. He the backpack. Uh, I,
2: I will be remiss if I didn't mention, you know, uh, Laffler up in Off Color. Nice. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ciders, so... Uh, um, Kevin Zelensky out at Easy Orchards. I'm um, a big fan of Ryan Burke up at Actually an Angry Orchard. He makes incredible, like, um... People sleep ciders. on Angry Orchard. Their stuff is incredible. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's because they're they're commercial, and people feel right. like they're getting just the commercial stuff. But even that, they're always fruit forward, mm-hmm. and um, their they're sort of uh, natural ciders are great. I've never met him, but I'm a huge fan of Sean Hill. I've spoken to him. Yeah. We've never actually met, but, man, is his, his beer is immaculate. Nice. Um, I'm a huge fan of, um... Let me give a couple more. Uh, uh, Jeff Bagby, uh, Bagby Brewing out in San Diego. Um, I'm a huge fan of his. The the now unfortunately closed down. The Commons. Uh, mm. Sean Burke is a great. I brewed a collab with him. I think he's. I think he made some of the best, like sort of wild and, and especially even kettle sour beers. I think in the country and maybe in the world. Wow. And um, uh, I mean, I'm 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 sure that I'm missing a ton. Uh, uh, on this, But, uh, oh, uh, uh, David and Keelan at Wiseacre in Memphis, back love home, Wiseacre, my, my yeah. home, man. I, yeah. uh, I'm so proud of those boys. I'm proud of all those breweries there. Those guys, man, I, I just, uh, Tiny Bomb, that, that Pilsner is, that postcard pills that we make is 100% based off of theirs. Wow. So 100% I'm,
1: based off of Shout out to that. I love their beers.
2: Shout um, out to that. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if I... Did I mention Yazoo? Brandon Jones? I don't know if I mentioned him or not. But well, you uh, did now. Uh, the Black Project guys are awesome out in Colorado. Uh, he, I got a guy. Um, uh, you, I mean, obviously, there's you know Troy Casey, who used to be at yeah. at uh, AC Golden.
1: Um, oh, you're checking it back. Okay. But uh,
2: but Ben from... Uh, he's now at Blue Moon. He took over for Troy when he left at, yeah. at AC Golden. Uh, ben Newston uh, is a Wisconsin dude, but he, he lives in Colorado, and he, he's at Blue Moon. He's at Blue Moon's Brew I brewed a collab with him. He is a, he's, a, he's a talented
1: guy. People sleep on how talented some of their other beers are. They really do. So, in summary, Chris likes everybody in the beer industry. I like beer. He <laughs> likes beer, and everybody <laughs> in the beer industry so makes good beer. All right, so question four, because we can do that oh, for a whole other hour. Nevada, sorry. Child's here in Nevada. Pale Ale, when you go to... Peter
2: Bruker, I can keep going.
1: Okay, go right, we can go on and on and on. <laughs> on. To the break of
2: dawn. Everybody inspires
1: me, <laughs> but I mean, but that's good though because you have to be able to get more than one inspiration. Try different styles, do different things. You can do that here on Beer It Is on the CFCN. beer Network. My name is Vice and here at Greenbitch with my man Chris as we walk through this six pack challenge. So, question four of all the beers you've made, which is the one that gave you the toughest time? Wow. Huh. That's an interesting question.
2: The toughest time. I, you know, what, with the, just to talk through what's going through my head a little bit mm-hmm. here. When you ask that question, that's a good question. Um, I'm pretty good at this, Chris. You're really good <laughs> at six-pack shit. Um, uh, what comes to mind initially are the beers that I'm potentially more proud of. Mm. Um However, not all of them necessarily gave me the hardest time. Fair enough. So, so that's that's an interesting. Um, I, I, I tend to think that the that the beers that have given me the hardest times are the ones that I'm still working on. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. The ones that even now I have yet to figure out and that I've yet to to, to perfect. Right. Um. So those would be the ones that I would say, as as the, the they're really they're they're. While there might be many that yet i've I feel like i 've perfected and i haven 't gotten right yet, you know um, the two that really come to mind that even though I say you know they were they 're very challenging beers mm-hmm. i 've definitely gotten right more times than i 've gotten wrong, and, and even at the beginning i've i 've sort of had a grasp on them. One of them is uh, Le Grisette, which is uh, 100%, it's our core in our 100% bread series. Mm-hmm. It's 4.3% table beer, uh, European Pilsner, Spelt Oats, Rye, and Buckwheat. Nice. All sauce hops, 4.3%. I may have said that already. Um, again, 100% Brett. Just uh, a beer that I'm extremely proud of. That is a, that it, it, it hasn't given me issues necessarily brewing it. It, mm-hmm. it has given me one, I, I've had one, a few batches that I, I didn't like as much that we figured out, but it's been such a challenging beer to move in the local market. Okay. That maybe that was my biggest challenge. I'm like, I know how good this is. Getting people to try it. And- but getting people to, under- well, they can't even pronounce it, let alone, mm. you know, why are they going to order if they can't even say the right, name? You know? right. And I get that. I understand that. But, but it's important to me not only to challenge myself as a brewer, but to challenge our local consumer to... To try things beyond what they're comfortable trying, Mm. and and just because they don't necessarily understand it, doesn't mean it's not as world class as maybe they think. Fair enough. And so that, to me, that was a challenge that has been and still is a challenge to move and to sell. But I know how world class that brand is. Um, The the other one. Man, that's a good question. Honestly, the other one's probably going to be Postcard Pills. Fair enough. Getting it um, right every time. Yeah. Pilsner is tough, man. Pilsner is a tough beer to brew. Mm-hmm. It's one that, again, I drink more of it probably than any other beer we have on tap. Right. Um, but we make it. We brew that beer every week. Yeah, you, know? you have
1: to. I mean, and, and then it takes a lot of space in the fermenter. And it's and- so
2: difficult to get consistent, and it's it's it's, it's it requires such a attention to detail. Mm-hmm. In every part of the brewing process, that even Sunshine City can can be numbers this way or the other, but it's double dry hop with three pounds per barrel, so it still smells dank as hell, right. you know? You know? And it's just like, it's okay. It's, it's fucking dank, you know? Maybe this one's a little bit more catty than this one is dank, than this one is citrus, than this one is tropical. But man, does it just work. Pilsner is a lot more
1: uh, exposed. Mm. Yeah, it exposes you as a brewer. Yeah. And speaking of exposed, question five, what makes you happy about brewing in the state of Florida? Wow. Um,
2: What makes me happy about brewing in the state of Florida, man, um, I I almost think that what makes me happy about brewing in the state of Florida is the same thing that makes me frustrated about brewing in the state of Florida. Okay, I like that. I like that. Um, You know, we're a new market. Mm Mm-hmm. Considering the yeah, world and, and beer in general, mm-hmm. um, five years ago, you know, we're, we're the first. I don't know if I said this even. We're the first microbrewery in the city of Saint Petersburg. Wow, first one ever. Wow, and so opening our doors and having the beers that we have that are frankly challenging mm-hmm. for the consumer to drink um, has been hard. But man, have I been so proud! When brewers across the planet taste our beers and say, I had no idea Florida had this. Mm. And so my favorite thing about being here is exposing people to here, to this place and Mm -hmm. these people. Yet the challenging thing about being here is that nobody expected us to have these kinds of beers. Mm. And so therefore, we don't really have that much of a market for it. Now, granted... It's, it is 10 times better now than it was 5 years ago right right. but it is still you know we will move our beers in loca- in, in beer towns mm-hmm. and we'll sell through them so fast and we get such great feedback and then it's like almost like sometimes you know you feel like you're banging your head against a wall back home when mm. you're just trying to get people to try something here mm-hmm. because it's so new you can't right. expect the consumer to be as educated as say in Denver or right. uh, San Diego or mm-hmm. Portland as they are in you know in St. Petersburg, but it's a matter of time. We're finally getting great beers on the shelf that aren't ours mm. that I've been a fan of for years, and so that's slowly converting the market into these kinds of beers. And festivals like our Food for Thought and uh, you know things that bring people into town, even Hunapu's Day, brings people here, brings people here to try beers in this area, and they say like. Man, I just, I, I just, I, I know on, you I slept do on you. Yeah. You know, I, I would have never thought. You know, mm. I mean, Gene from Tired Hands, I'm gonna clap with him, and and he nah, kind of said Tired the same thing. Too. He was just
1: like, didn't know this was in Florida. Wow. Why wow. would you? Fair enough. Yeah. True. All right, number six. Where do you see this brewery in five years? Ooh.
2: Um, in five years, I expect us to be completely maxed out in this facility. Um, we're going through an expansion right now. We've 4,000 barrels last year. We're about to, um, by the end of this calendar year, we will have maxed out everything as far as uh, built-in the capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, ha- we won't probably be at capacity production yet, but I-, I truly think that by the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, we'll be maxed out again. Wow. And once that happens, it'll be us potentially looking at, either running this facility full throttle where it is and just enjoying, enjoying what we're doing. Um, or, you know, potentially something bigger down the road, nice. building maybe a production facility and trying to satiate a little bit more demand than, than we can. Um, but I, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we have, uh, just more, more than just two tasting rooms, cracking and running. And, um, we're exposing our local market to incredible beers and ciders and meads. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I hope that we're just, I hope that most of the hurdles in production are, le, are alleviated by growth that allow us to do and experiment with anything we possibly
1: can to supply this amazing area with what it deserves, which is the best. Fair enough. And last thing, tell us where people can find you guys on Twitter, on social media, all that good stuff.
2: Sure. So you can find us, our website's greenbitchbrewing.com. You can look up Green Bench Brewing on Facebook. We post there all the time. Instagram, at Green Bench Brewing, uh, and Twitter, at Green Bench Brew.
1: Nice. And you can find the brew house where, the, the facility? Uh,
2: 1133 Bomb Avenue, St. Petersburg, Florida. We are in the Edge District, two blocks from Tropicana Field, where the Tampa Bay Rays MLB team plays. Uh, and what are your beers here? Where and beer? our beers are there. Uh, we have great things here in St. Petersburg. We are, uh, you know not even two minutes drive, uh, east of us is the, uh, you can do your thing, is, uh, the bay, and then not even 15 minutes west, um, you will find the beaches, uh, we have some of the best beaches in the world, and in, um, clear waters just north of us, Gulfport south of us, Pinellas Point south of us, uh, great golf, great weather, great, uh, people, and, uh, phenomenal, actually, so, um, plenty of any of that uh where we are
1: well guys listen check out this place Check got these guys doing some phenomenal stuff i'm gonna have some more beer we're gonna talk some more shop guys thank you for listening thank you chris i appreciate it thank you for having me yep